could be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so the 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 Mister in uh, in Mister Arash, that's, yes. that's 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 lowercase, right? Uh, it, yeah, sure. Right. Uh, <laughs> I could have sworn that I saw. That's how I saw it. I, I mean, I want to handle. Yeah, you're right. I I want to say. I started typing it with like the MR in lowercase in parentheses. That's the way it should be. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure that's the way it is. That's the most tagged. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you can't. Well, I mean, you can't tag the parentheses. <laughs> First, hashtags are not um, case sensitive, nor can you have the parentheses in them. That's true, and that's probably for the best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, but for the most part, I mean, it's it's not like a very good name to be honest. Because like when you Google it, um, a thousand different Mister Arashes come up. Is there a period in in the Mister Arash? Um, not really. It's technically supposed to be written as Mister in parentheses Arash. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But then some places have put the period. But the thing is, Arash is a super super common Iranian name. Okay. And so, they're, like, if you Google Mr. Arash, like, if you come up, listeners, if you are looking for a good artist name to come up with, come up with something that when you Google it, only you come up, not 3,000 other oh, names. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, because, like, with Mr. Arash, 3,000 other names come up. You guys interviewed Mondo the DJ, right? Mondo? No, no. I so. yeah, I don't think uh, so. No. But you know him. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah, that's why he's Mondo the DJ, because DJ Mondo is a million people. Oh, uh, yeah, that works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah same thing. And uh, yeah. it's funny uh, how you were saying some, some of them work. So Mr. Sham, right, for the other guy in the in West Coast Avengers, yeah. it's M-R-S-H-A-M. Uh, we have a friend who makes fun of him and calls him Mrs. Ham, you know, <laughs> because it looks like Mrs. Ham. On the... Yeah, yeah <laughs> oh, my, mine comes up as Marsh a little bit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but there's there's a lot Marsh. of rushes. If I could go back and do it again, it wouldn't be Mr. Arash. Do you want to do um, an opening? Do it for this? Yeah, just do an opening so I can just edit, cut it, and I'll put it at... Do you want me to do it right now? Yeah, just Like, go it. through all the, the... No, no, no. On this one, you're not going to do that. It's okay. just brought to you by Stay Illuminated. Oh, okay. It's okay. a special episode. Okay. All right. Uh, oh, this is brought to you by the, the new shiny jeans? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess, well, then technically, I guess this makes it our opening rant before I say don't flush the toilet. You are now tuned in to the Crappy Awesome Podcast. Welcome to another stupendous episode of the Crappy Awesome Podcast. We are your hosts. Today. Wait, are we your hosts? Normally, we'd say we're the hosts. No, today we are not the hosts. I am not your host, Mr. Arash, even though nobody calls me Mr., even though people still don't call me Mr. And with me might be Kilsey Ray, even though he's not the host. He's not the host. Hey, yo! Yeah, yeah, out of the background. Uh, our very special host today is on the other mic right now. This is where you say something. Okay. This is Tangent the Wiggy Woo from the West Coast Avengers crew, and uh, you are listening to PlatformCollection.com's Crappy Awesome. Be sure to check out the other podcast, Really Though, with... Oh, really, I was gonna, uh, you're going to go through this? Oh, I, I, was, I had practice. I yes. know. I'm waiting. Go. Go. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Uh, be sure to check out uh, Really Though with Cookbook. Be sure to check out Stereotypes with Cookbook. Be sure to check out Cookbook's other four podcasts uh, that are coming out on uh, PlatformCollection.com. Also, check out 2MaxHologram.com. It's a 24-hour radio station that they're always doing something crazy on. You got The Up. You got uh, Into the Wild. You got uh, all the podcasts orchestrated radio with Noah James. Uh, Master- is, no, you guys don't run Masters of the Universe. No, okay. Yeah, okay. No, no, we're editing. Um, <laughs> what was it? You guys got. <laughs> I'm certain, by the way, Chris is going to put all this up without editing it. <laughs> this is way too entertaining. This is way too entertaining. Oh, man. Uh, be sure to check out all I mean, of I that don't do ep- this without notes. You're trying to do this without notes. Not, I have notes. You have notes. You have notes for all the different podcasts that are on the show, on the network? Oh, no, no, no. Not for okay. that. But, but I've listened to you guys so much yeah. that I was pre- I was 68% sure that I was yeah. able to like, run through it. Well, you got cookbook. And, yeah. <laughs> He'll be happy to hear that. Well, I know that some are on sabbatical. Like, you know, there's. Yeah. Um, there's Spock's and Spock podcast, which hasn't had episodes Culture in a while. Sessions. Culture sessions yeah. with uh, Spock and um, why can I not think of any of these dudes' names right now? And Spock I Beats produces, uh, yeah, an no, archive. An archive. Modifying. I cannot think of yeah. the name archive right now. Wow. Okay. Okay. <laughs> 
and uh, see again. That's why I have notes. Okay. No, no. Right, this yes. like, Chris makes fun of me yeah, yeah. for having notes for this opening part, but it's because I kind of let my brain shut down because it's just like an autopilot mode. Right. Um, but uh, it, it, this, by the way, this is our cat Ralphie meowing at you. I'm is gonna it, get this so perfect on the Chris episode. Yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm not gonna let this happen again. Is this different episodes that we're recording? Oh crap! I don't know. I think he's <laughs> editing them together. I think it's okay. one episode. Okay. It's okay. It's so, okay. Huh? For the whole thing. Oh, it's going to be yeah. one opening. This whole thing. train wreck is going to be the opening. For oh, the whole thing. Don't worry about crap. it. It's okay. okay. How about okay. this? I'll just tell this. It's Life on the Road with 60 East. Really, though, with Cookbook. Uh, Noah James and Lisa J host Orchestrated. There's Poo for Life Radio and Status Escalate with Kali. Kali. That's right. I like that echo. Yeah. Um, Kali's also doing Bars Weekly, streaming radio show. you got to make sure to check that out. Uh, the Ghetto Blaster podcast hosted by Ricochet. Pretty fresh. Hosted by Muds One. I like to yes. take, take a little pause after that. Uh, the Mighty Muds Hour, right? Yes, yeah. Uh, that's uh, yes. We've got there's there's tons of shows. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The Mighty uh, Muds Hour with uh, Muds One and my and Mad Max. Right, and we have uh, let's see here, Two Max Hologram Podcast. Of course, you mentioned that earlier. Just Two Max Hologram Radio. Um, shout out to our sponsors, Stay Illuminated for all your fresh gear and lifestyle needs. Visit StayIlluminated.com. And make sure you use the code CRAPPYAWESOME for free shipping on any order. Um, and also shout out to our creative partners, watertoplants.org. They're a music incubator in L.A. Learn lots more about them at their website, watertoplants.org. Uh, follow us on Instagram and on Twitter. On Instagram, we are a Platform Collection. That is one word all spelled out. And on Twitter, at Platform Collect. That's no shot. And this is the part also that I mentioned, Burner Podcast, and I host that shit. Uh, but yeah, of course, back to you. Of course. So everybody hears Arash and, and Kilsey Ray mm -hmm. interviewing all the luminaries of, frankly, a big chunk of the world now in the southwestern section of uh, America yeah. uh, in, in SoCal, but even beyond. That's a lot and, of words. And, uh, and a lot of people are really curious about the kind of things that they think. And I know that I'm a big fan of this podcast and a lot of the podcasts on PlatformCollection.com. And uh, you guys are constantly in my head. You guys are constantly my commute buddies. And so I was really honored for the chance to, uh, to interview you guys and go deeper into some stuff. And to g even to go deeper into your guys' body of work, which is, uh, which is a pretty wild ride and, uh, and an interesting journey that uh, I'm going to have to hear from both of you guys at, uh, uh, later today. But and you're, you're, without a doubt, like, you have absolutely been one of our favorite people that we've experienced on this amazing journey. <laughs> of awesome personality, really uh, positive, intelligent, amazing. And I'm always uh, curious to see what you're working on next. So this is going to be a lot of fun. Thank you so much, man. I appreciate that. Um, what was it? So one of the things that I got uh, really into was uh, the Burner Podcast, uh, as you know. But uh, you know, but maybe even go into some kind of bigger things that I hear you say a lot that sure. I kind of think about sometimes that I think are really insightful things. Uh, I hear you, you and Chris both often talk about this, but uh, I hear you say a lot like it's sad when people look at experiences in life like they wasted years mm. uh, because uh, time isn't really wasted. You probably learned something from that, you know. Yeah. And uh, and I was just wondering like. Why is that such a big theme in your, and even just in your language about life? And right. and, uh, and I, I guess if I had, if I had to guess, I would say it looks like you've you're the kind of person who you know you invest whole hog into things. You know, like you'll really put your all into something. And it sounds like you've gone through a lot of things in life, personal, professional, and artistic, uh, where you invested a lot into it and went through a whole journey and actually it finished journeys. You know, and uh, and had retrospect on it. So I was wondering if you had thoughts on that. Right. Yeah. Um. I, I, this is a thought that I've had more recently a bunch of times and it's been hitting me um I, I don't know what it is about my personality about my i don't know genetic makeup the wiring of my brain whatever the fuck it is whatever experience i've had i've had really really fully um whatever trauma i've had it's been really really fully trauma traumatic experiences when i went through um experiences or periods of time in my younger days where I was a confused young man, let's say, for example, in my early 20s and not really understanding how to interact with women, how to interact with the world. Like I went through that all the way in the deep end. Like it wasn't that I was just a little bit insecure. It was crushing insecurity. When I had depression, it wasn't that I was just like a little sad. It was serious depression. Like everything has been full force. So when I interact with people and when I interview people, when I'm creating art, working with people, uh, what I keep experiencing is that it's very seamless for me to be able to channel whatever energy and experience it is that they're going through. So even if it's somebody that 
is not someone that we'd have in our social circles because let's say they're uh, let's say they're still finding themselves. Sure. Um, maybe they're still focusing on negative things, or maybe they're more homophobic or angry at the world. I mean, a variety of things. But I, I don't know. Maybe it's a, these days it's become very popular to say I'm an empath. Like maybe it's that. But that's something that that Chris and I have had some conversations about. Um, and I mean, I'm certain he can speak on his own experience on it. But when I look back on my life, every experience I've had, I fully dived into. And so now when I talk to people who seemingly come from very different walks of life, it's really easy for me to bridge a psychic connection with that person and really be able to understand and hear where they're coming from. And that's what leads to being able to create whatever art it is that I happen to be creating in that moment. And I, I hope that sheds some light on sort of what you're asking. Is that I, That's the thing. I've had these experiences and none of them have been wasted time. They've all added to the person that I've become today and everything that I'm working on today. And I can constantly see all these links of like, I'm here, I'm doing this thing. My life is fucking beautiful right now. I have all these connections, um, these amazing experiences. And I can look back on my life and see all the pathways that connected to each other to lead to me ending up where I was. That's uh, I call that Grant Morrison's centipede. Mm. Uh, Grant Morrison is a comic book writer who made the Invisibles, and he's also done a lot of Superman and X Men and stuff. Mm. And he's like a countercultural chaos magician. Uh, and he um, talks in the comic book The Invisibles. He talks about your actual body is the trail that is made from like the moment you're born until uh, yeah. you die. And that so that's it's, it looks like a big crazy swirling centipede that goes all over the world. You know, assuming you travel. That. You know, and that's your real body. You know, yeah. and you don't see the artistic design that your body makes until the end. And uh, and so when people when people talk about that, what you just described, how right. you could, it seemed to me like you were talking about you kind of visualizing the lines of of your journey. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always think that you know, yeah. and uh, I was actually I was going to ask you about that uh, specifically. So that's yeah, that kind of answers it for me. No, I, I see I see every link. I, I was reading a there was a little bit in Psychology Today like a few years ago that I read. Um, I was saying like one of the correlations they found with the happiest people in the world is that they look back on their lives and they see a pattern or a reason that things have happened. Um, Yeah, again, I don't know where it came from with me. I'd love to be able to point it out, but when I look back on my life, I can see it. I can see where the links are. I can see, oh, I fell fucking flat on my face, and if I hadn't, I wouldn't have gone through this thing, and then this thing wouldn't have happened, and I wouldn't be end up here. Right. All of it. So when did you first uh, get into photography? Um... I, I mean, I've always found visual art interesting, um, but I, I don't think I was interested in actually being a photographer. Um, uh, it was filmmaking that interested me first. Um, and I can tell you, like, specifically, uh, it was the movie Bad Boys. Made me want to make movies. Yeah. Um, you know, Martin Lawrence, Will Smith. And um, I... That was sort of my dream, and it was always in the background. And at that time, I was drawing a lot more like comic book type stuff. And you know, I thought I still wanted to be a comic book artist. And um, in college, I was an art major with emphasis in multimedia. And the only reason I switched to multimedia was because with graphic design, I had to take two more classes, and I'd have to do a portfolio, and I didn't want to work more. So I switched to multimedia, which was easier. <laughs> And in multimedia, I got to take a couple more photography classes. And then after that is when I got involved with Proof of Life. Um, and that's when we started doing music videos. But music videos take some setup and editing and all this kind of stuff. Right. So during that time period, I was also doing some photography so that I could continue creating visually without having to do all the setup for a right. music video. Um, but one thing led to another, and I just kind of kept shooting and kept shooting and kept shooting. And then uh, ended up becoming my day job um, because I happened to be at the right place at the right time with public agency that I was working for at that time doing graphic design. Okay. And uh, before I know it, it's paying my rent. <laughs> um, and it's become a major part of my identity. And um, you know, and I always say, like, artists usually don't want to do just one thing. Like, I don't right. really, I've never met an artist that wants to do just one thing. Right. Um, we end up getting labeled the thing that pays our rent. Yeah. And somehow I got labeled a photographer because it started paying my rent. Right. Do I? Dang, I'm sorry. I didn't yeah. mean to pigeonhole you. Man. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, it is incredible now. I fucking love it. The more I got into it, um, the easier it got for me. Like, the more I figured out what my photographic voice was, the more fun it got. So, like, now I don't have to think about it. It's just muscle memory. 
Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's, it's become absolutely rewarding and to be recognized for my photography yeah. by people is like, it's super, it's still weird. Cause I never set out on this path. <laughs> I, uh, you know, I've noticed, like you said, you make things beautiful you know, and, uh, and I totally agree with that. Like photographers have different kind of filters, like there are photographers who find like the beautiful, ugly and photographers mm-hmm. who find the gritty and who find the great black and white, but it's like your stuff really does bring out a, pr- a profound beauty and it's, uh, it's pretty remarkable. Pretty, pretty is the word that I, <laughs> and, uh, it's really pretty. Yeah. 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 And actually it's like, yeah, I'm going to save, there's an idea I have about mm-hmm. it, but I want to talk to both of you about it since you guys both have a different visual style that I, I think about a lot. Mm-hmm. But, um, I was thinking about, you know, Burner Podcast, and really I just, how do I put this? You know, I've told you, you helped me with my, you know, recent ambivalence about counterculture, and and I told you a lot about that. I was wondering where kind of you are about Mm. counterculture and where you see uh, the larger movement of alternative lifestyles and and organicism and just all the kind of, you know, artistic lives and the kind of thing that you see, like, uh, what are some of the bigger ideas that you're marinating on lately that are occupying a lot of your your mental space, Mm. just when you think about that in general and big think, you know? Right, right. so I mean, you know, on, on I talk a lot about uh, the Burning Man community, but really right. that's what it is. You're right; it's counterculture. Right. Um, that's how I think of it. Yeah. Right, right, right. No, you're right. Because uh, you know, in my social circles, we'll use you know, we'll say burners. Sure. Um, but really, Burning Man is, is simply an umbrella for a lot of different counterculture movements. Yeah. Uh, it's just that they're the ones that go to Burning Man have generally agreed that we're you know, one, we're going to support each other. We're not going to fuck with each other. Um, and you know, I always tell people like when you try to figure out, like there's no like profile of a burner. There's so many different kinds. There's, there's, it could be your yoga instructor. It could be your doctor. It could be your lawyer. It could be the artist down the street. It could be a musician. There is no specific type. Really. The only thing that everybody's agreed on is there's no age limit on play. And I just, even you asking this question is making me think about that as it's, I guess that's really what it comes to with counterculture is that we're looking at reality, we're looking at life, and we've decided there's no age limit on play. We're going to keep playing. <laughs> there's no age limit on play. That's yeah. fantastic. We're going to keep playing. And, and the thing is, your play could be you want to play with art, you want to play uh, with building things, you want to play sexually, you want to go visit the orgy dome, you know, like whatever, whatever your right. play is that you're interested in. We've agreed that there's no age limit on that. And with counterculture, I think what you're looking at is the... And I would I, I say I use the word counterculture and burner interchangeably. Sure. In this, we're at the cutting edge of what's next. Yeah. We're at the cutting edge on technology, on art. We're at the cutting edge of relationships, how to love. Um, you know, I, 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 for lack of a better description, practiced uh, ethical. Uh, Ethical consensual non-monogamy is the, yeah, the, yeah. the, is, the is the correct phrasing. Yeah. What most people call the polyamory, but sure. that's 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 you know that's where my life is. Sure. Um, but the idea is that you know we have a lot of people that are constantly playing and experimenting with different ways to be, and so the counterculture is always like that tiny percentage of people that are at the cutting edge of what's next. Yeah. And an example of that is like fashion. Um, or music, or actually any of these things, but like fashion, for example, uh, you ever see um, you ever see the Devil Wears Prada? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So there's a there's a scene in that where like the Meryl Streep character is scolding um, Anne Hathaway, and she's saying, "Oh, you think you're wearing right. blue blouse? It's the best scene in the movie. Probably. It's the best. Yeah, yeah. 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 It's saying, oh, you're wearing a blue blouse. Well, that that color blue, what you don't know, is originated three years ago at a boutique fashion show in Milan. Where and like she breaks down all the different ways that the blue started at this couture fashion show and ended up at the Marshall's clearance section, right. where she bought her blue blouse. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so what I experienced, like when I go to Burning Man, and Burning Man is basically, uh, like Burning Man, I like that you're using the counterculture. Burning Man is basically the comic convention of counterculture. Right. That's where all the fucking weirdos are coming together to show off all their weirdest shit. Yeah. So what you're seeing out there is like weird DJ who's experimenting with four different decks and putting together a whole different kind of sound and experimenting with weird noises and recordings. He's the couture. That eventually leaks down into somebody hearing that, taking it into a club, then somebody hears that and buys the CD, the MP3. Eventually, those sounds that they're experimenting with out there, the weird event in the middle of the desert, ends up in the top 40 song that we're hearing on the radio. Yeah. 
And so that's that's what I mean by like counterculture being on the cutting edge. Like yeah. I con- I want to see what's next and what you're yeah. seeing when the in at the counterculture at the counterculture Burning Man or I'm sorry, uh, comic convention which sure. is Burning Man. Yeah. That's where you're seeing every all the weirdos get together to show the weirdest shit yeah. that in a few years are going to end up as part of the mainstream. Um even with like the way people love. Um yeah. I'm seeing one, I can tell you like on dating apps. Yeah. I am seeing more than ever people discussing that they're open, they have open relationships. Girls um, marking that they're bisexual. I see a lot more girls doing it than guys. Yeah. But um, but the idea of let's see if there's different ways to do monogamy. Yeah. It has now made its way into the mainstream. Yeah. Um, it's not quite fully like full on polyamory yet. Yeah. But like open relationships have become way more common. People are way more open about them in 2017. Yeah. And that's been something that they've been doing in counterculture forever. Right. You know, but they've been experimenting and now it's made its way. Now it's made it to the Mar- Marshall's cooling section. <laughs> <laughs> that, I think that's a great analogy. Um, to me, it's it's really interesting even that you think of it as a small chunk of people because I, I often wonder that. I often wonder if it's not just under half of people. <laughs> you know? That are in counterculture? Or, I mean, or on some level, you know, or that. There are, but I mean, I think it just depends on how we want to draw a weapon diagram. You know, like... like yeah. why, don't, why don't we say counterculture is... I agree yeah. that it's... It's at least, I agree, it's even more than half probably. Um, In a way, huh? Yeah, I I would probably define those people, the ones that I'm saying is in that small percentage, are the ones that have come out. Well, they've come out. Um, They are open about their counterculture-ness. Right. Rather than just like having thoughts in their head about like feeling, for example, uh, polyamory. Like I have a friend of mine pointed out to me that way. She considers polyamory to be more, um, uh, um, God, what's the word? Uh, an orientation, yeah, like a sexual orientation, yeah. Like some people are monogamous, some people are polyamorous. There's probably a lot more people who are polyamorous than are willing to admit out loud. Yeah. In fact, there's like a joke in polyamory world where they'll say pretty much everybody's poly. It's just most people are lying about it. I, w- I was thinking the other day, if everything is a spectrum now, and I generally agree with this idea, mm-hmm. um, I guess that means everyone's somewhere on the spectrum of, yeah, a- of everything. Absolutely. You know, and and so um, we're we're all technically on a lot of the poly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like on the, we're all on some kind of spectrum. Sure. Uh, but uh, the the polyamory thing, for example, if you're a single person who's dating multiple people. You're basically yeah. practicing some level of polyamory. That is correct. It's just that like everybody's... Now you have a vocabulary for it. Right, right. It's just everybody's kind of lying to each other about it, though. Like you're supposed to kind of pretend like you're not seeing oh, anybody else. he was talking else. to me. I didn't know he was also yeah. talking to her. Well, it's, and, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. Or people will date and they'll just assume... Like the assumption is that you're fucking other people until you have a conversation about the fact that you're not fucking other people. Right? <laughs> and like... It's, there's like this language. Like if you're a single person uh, and like let's say somebody asks you out for Friday night, you have a date Friday night, you don't say you have a date Friday night. You just say, oh, I can't Friday. I have plans. But with ethical consensual non-monogamy, for example, or you know, the preface to polyamory, you would say point blank, I have a date Friday night. How about Saturday? That's sort of the difference that you see in mainstream world and like a lot of the default world. Like they're doing it. We're just not saying it out loud. <laughs> Silly. <laughs> and um, so are these the the relationship and the sexual and the romantic ones. It sounds like the, the ones you're excited about lately. Mm. Um, but but no, I'm I'm just just objectively trying, trying, sure. trying to trying to ask like what other um, I don't know. Give me one or two more uh, before we before we get go from this topic of like just the things you're excited about in counterculture shit that you're just like this is why I do this podcast mm. so I can show people the st- stuff like this right. and they don't even know it's coming and it's going to blow their minds. Right, you know? right. Uh, plant medicine for sure. Um, the healing properties of psychedelics, yeah, huge. yeah, it's yeah. huge, absolutely. Um, I mean, there's very like you know, it's every time we bring up DMT on this show, we laugh that Cookbook <laughs> is getting pissed. <laughs> He's like, "Can you guys go one fucking show without talking about DMT?" <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, but there was DMT. There's my life before and after DMT. Yeah. Uh, the the healing properties of plant medicine, mm-hmm. uh, visionary plant medicine that's a huge chunk of the change that you see in me and being like an unhappier person versus who I am today. You know what's funny, man? Actually, now, yeah, now I'm grooving mm-hmm. into this. Uh, what was it? Uh, I enjoy that 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 Moody Arash in those old videos, too. <laughs> I, I like him, too. I relate yeah. to him, too. And I relate to the journey, yeah, you know, yeah. of having been moodier before and being more happy now. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like I used to think of my, no- my life as a novel and I kept waiting for the good parts. And like right. now that life is good, it's like... It's not even like a story. It's just like shit is dope, and I'm so grateful to be like so blessed all the time, mm. you know. And um, and so I kind of see how do I put it? Um, 
I don't know. I take a lot of interest and even a little bit of guidance from uh, from how you are about stuff because I feel like you're better about letting stuff go mm. uh, than than I am. <laughs> and so I like that you're always encouraging that in your in in your messages and stuff. But um, I'm glad. Uh, what was it? What were we? We were just talking. You're asking about me for another example of something else oh, I'm excited oh, about. Oh, oh, in in counterculture. Mm. Honestly, no, I'm down to pivot to to kind of okay. your, your videos and stuff. Sure. Because uh, I've. That was that stuff was really interesting. Uh, to, actually, today I watched the Mexico one uh, where you went uh, you went to a gig in Mexico, yeah. and then there was a Dutch DJ. Yeah, yeah, yeah. two thousand and one. Okay, he, he, he goes by two thousand and one. Dutch DJ two thousand one who needed to get to San Diego for a gig. Yeah, and he and you guys helped smuggle him across the border. <laughs> no. And, then, and yeah. uh, no, he and, came legally. It was just yeah, like a smuggle. Yeah, you're right, kind of a smuggle. Uh, um, actually, yeah. What do you mean? Well. Uh, Okay, so for if it's okay, no, yeah. of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, for for listeners who are not aware, if you've ever been to the Tijuana border, it is a nightmare getting through. It is a nightmare. And it's because it's this massive oh, line. So the smuggling was just to circumvent the crazy right, process. Right, right, right. He had his passport. It was just about the process. Right, right. Okay, I was very confused. I was like, why are tea partiers making this viral? <laughs> you know, like when I was watching him. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. because the I thought... Dutch but, have snuck in but it, but to it was, DJ. <laughs> it was still rather instructive, though. Or, or It was still pretty informative. Yeah. Uh, if, 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 if people are listening want to check it out, it's at mrarash.com. Yeah, that's right. Right, uh, and you go to his uh, his filmmaker work, and there's uh, one of the three extended films there, and the one in the middle yeah. is um, actually what oh, 48 Hours in SoCal. Yes, right. Yeah, 48 Hours in SoCal, and it's a, just 28 minutes, and so it was. Um, it was actually a very quick watch, and but uh, what I got out of it was, oh, okay, I remember I wanted to ask you about mm-hmm. this. Uh, what I got out of it also was like the frenetic pace of your life yeah, yeah. in that moment, and how the, how cool it is to have that portrait <laughs> of that, you know, and yeah. how it's like, yeah, we did that, we did that, we did that, and then we came back, and then we had this show with Kayla Carrera and me and Chris yeah. and and, um, and George from Cipher yes, Effects, yes, you know, yeah. yes, and. Um, and another girl I'm not familiar with, and um, what, was it? Was it? what was it? Uh, but e- either way, it was just showing this frenetic pace, and it's like, is life still like that? Is it better that it's that it's not that that packed, jam packed anymore? Uh, because uh, I know that that's I think that's the, that's the the dream that a lot of us have sometimes yeah. is that our 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 artistic life right. will be like that, and also um, also how we idealize our youth, yeah, know, that it was yeah. like that, you know. Yeah, I mean, that, I. That that whole thing started because I went down. I was supposed to. I was collecting some promo footage because I was going to help my buddy Ali Ganavi. He's a DJ in LA. Um, I was going to do like a promo for their label called Saturday Night Sessions. Uh-huh. And I just happened to be recording our drive down. And then when we got down there, I just kept recording. And like he did his gig, and then there was these other DJs from different parts of the country and world that had their gigs there. This is on Ensenada, and. Then we came back. Again, I just kept filming, just kind of by accident. And then we crossed the border and had our little adventure, and we had to get this Dutch DJ to the U.S. because he had a gig like that next night. Because, um, you know, it's a common tour thing. Like, we know you're in this region in the world, so right. we can pay you a little bit less to cross the border and do another gig. Right. Um, so he had a gig in downtown San Diego. So then Ali also had a gig in downtown San Diego. So we going through this adventure, getting across the border. And then I ran to both of their gigs to film them doing their, their respective shows in different yeah. clubs in downtown. Yeah. And then the next morning, had to wake up and drive to L.A. to record Crappy Awesome. Wow. Um, yeah, and it was it was it was a crazy forty hours, and they're not all like that. <laughs> um, but by coincidence, I kept recording, and I was like, oh, you know, there's a story here, and we ended up never actually doing a promo video. Um, but yeah, but it, it was. I don't know if I necessarily <laughs> want that to be every weekend. Right. It's definitely exhausting. Right. But it seems like you still have a nice balance of life being varied with cool artistic yeah. events like, yeah. like that all the time. Yeah. Or, or I, often, often. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's. Um, you know, before we got here to record this interview, I, I can't really um, talk about a lot of the details yet. Uh, but I'm launching a new project, and this new project, the, I, I basically had a brunch meeting with a team of ten people right before I got here, and 
these people were all selected because over the past few years, they've been reaching out to be individually, independently of each other. And we've had having conversations and, and it's, it's not rare for me to have like somebody message me and say like, dude, you're just constantly working on cool shit. How can I right. come and work on cool shit with you? Right. Um, and I've been looking for a way to make that happen. So this project is something that I've dreamed up and, and now we're going to work on that. Okay. But, um, but yeah, that's, that's 10 people right there who are basically asking that same question <laughs> who finally I was ready to pull the trigger on and say, all right, you guys want to, you want to get to work? Let's fucking get to work. Here's okay. A, here it is. Okay. Here's a project. I can't wait to tell you guys about it, but I can't talk about it yet. So, but I, I also heard you say there were two things you have, you're launching. So mm -hmm. one, there's one you can talk about or no? Um, no, I, I think, uh, I, Chris said that, uh, earlier, I think he was, um, referencing the, the burner podcast thing. Okay. Um, cause burner podcast is the show that I host right. and then I also, Alchemy. right. And we started Al Alkaline. Is the oh name of it. Yeah. shit! Right, right. <laughs> alchemy is good though. We should use actually alchemy. That's the, the alchemy is the uh, Sorrel Bistro um, series that Abstract Rude and uh, and right. do in Temecula. Yeah. But <laughs> you could probably link with him and make it or something. <laughs> no, well, because it would be. I mean, alchemy. They don't own the word alchemy. That's correct. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but no, it, it would it would make It might make a lot of sense. They have a spin-off project called Alchemy. Well, yeah, because the full name of the other podcast is Burner Podcast Presents Alkaline. Okay. But if there is also a Burner Podcast Presents Alchemy. Ooh, that's and a nice alliteration. Okay, so Alkaline is DJ mixes. Yeah. Um, I've. By like episode 10 of Burner Podcast, I knew that I wanted to start another show that was all DJ mixes, yeah. that are DJs active in the Burner community. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have the bandwidth. And so eventually, Navjeet is a really good friend of mine. He came on. He started helping me with a lot of things. And we worked together to develop Burner Podcast Presents Alkaline, which is a spinoff of Burner Podcast. Um, so that's the DJ show. The next spin-off, and there's another show out of the Bay Area, and the idea is that there's the Burner Podcast Network, so there's a bunch of different shows right. covering Burning Man. Um, the next show that I want to start is a live music thing where we're sharing like live music from the Burner community. Yeah. So Alchemy would be a pretty good name for that. Yeah, <laughs> it, it would. And you know what? It, uh, it would – how do I put this? I really love that you did – Alkaline, because even a little bit of music that I got exposed to through the Burner podcast, I loved. Like, I was yeah. bumping that Hartford No Name remix for like weeks after, nice. and then it even led me to some other really cool remix. Like, yeah. it's, it always takes you takes me to this Papa Was a Rolling Stone yeah. <laughs> dance mix, too. Dude, that's so funny. That's Hartford No Name, that's uh, by the band America. Right. And it's of like, course. it's a dance music remix of it. Yep. Uh, and the reason, so it's funny, I met somebody at, I think it was this year at the Burn. I forget some, or maybe like right before the burn. Um, anyway, this this person who's a fan of the show was saying that like um, she didn't even know that original song. She just <laughs> thought it was a, it was this electronic dance music track, and her mom was playing it, and she's like, "Oh my god, that's what the theme the song of Burner to, to Podcast." Be that tripped yeah. out like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that is too that's funny. funny. <laughs> I love that in Burner Podcast, people getting weird doesn't go where ninety percent of podcasts go, where yeah. the hosts start to go like, "Whoa, we're getting yeah. into weird land." Yeah. You know, it's like you know, like that. Totally, because I listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah. You know, everything from like you know countercultural folks yeah. like us to like the political centrists in Washington D.C. You know, and uh, and I love that like that normal place that is kind of blocked off in other places because it's like right. podcasts want to talk about mainstream stuff and so more people listen. It's like you're like, no, let's go deeper into that yeah, weird shit yeah. you just talked about. You know, that's totally. uh, that's great. And um, what was it? What is it about? Um, or actually, is it still? Do you think? How do I put this? Is San Diego forever for you, or or how how do how do you think about that? Or are you, do you? I mean, I know you're just kind of open to the universe all, right. all the time, but where are your thoughts <laughs> on that lately? Because I if feel I, like, I want to stay in San Diego or not? I mean, uh, or even just like what um, what does San Diego mean to you? you know? mm. um, growing up in San Diego, I was looking for any excuse to get the fuck out of here. Sure. Um, because my experience growing up in San Diego is that it's an extremely superficial city. Um, people are really fucking pretty and in great shape and it's hard to find people to have conversations like this with. Okay. And so we would visit other cities like, you know, like I'd go to San Francisco and I'm like, oh, wow, like overhear a conversation at a coffee shop and it's interesting and I want to join in in that conversation. Whereas in San Diego, I'd hear, I hear conversations at coffee shops and I'm like, what the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> like just talking about bullshit. Um, <laughs> So I kept looking for a way to get the fuck out of San Diego, and I just could not get out. Like, something kept keeping me here. Okay. And then I discovered the Burner community. And once I found 
Verners, and we have like a really vibrant, amazing community in San Diego. It's it's there is something special here, and it's different. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we had what I wanted. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, a lot of people, a lot of burners from different cities, different parts of the world, come to San Diego, and they tell us that they're like, we've been all over the world. There's something different here. Um, it has a very warm, welcoming, inclusive atmosphere. You come in, and you're eventually, you're immediately going to have a fuck ton of friends. Um, it might be because it's the San Diego's climate and energy is exactly the special spice that the burner community needed. Yeah, it's really perfect here. It's really great. Um, there's a lot. I mean, there's a lot of intelligent people, but they're also like extremely inclusive. Um, so you can get weird with people and yeah. be up at four in the morning um, discussing super weird shit. <laughs> yeah. And one thing I started to discover is that I'd go to parties here, burner parties, and I'm like, huh, I'm not the weird guy here. Like, no matter what I talk about, nobody, like, stops and goes, that's what you're describing. Whoa, you guys are getting weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, we don't. It just it doesn't happen. Um, right. And that's what sucked me in. And so now, as I've become more established as an artist and I feel strong in who I am, my identity and my, my ambitions, my professional ambitions, ideally, I would like to stay in San Diego as my home base mm-hmm. and travel for work but come back here. Okay. That's my ideal world. Okay. But, um, but yeah, but Burner Community in San Diego is fucking epic right um i I told you that i met um some vegas people at rainbow who they were telling me that every two week every two sundays they have a uh a playa uh gathering with like there's rainbow people there and there's burning man people there and there's uh you know just club people there and they and they had and it just it made made me think of the stuff you've been telling me about about the regionals and they do uh, it in the desert uh yeah it's it's like a dry lake that they have out there and they do it every two every two weeks all the countercultural people in the vegas area or you gather at that you know and uh that's super rad are you involved in um in the, what is it, Utopia? Yeah, Utopia, yeah. Uh, Utopia is the San Diego Regional Burn. Um, that's something that's... Mo- I've <laughs> I've had conversations with people who have been to multiple Burning Mans and don't know that there are regional burns. Wow. Um, which is mind-blowing to me. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's regional burns all over the world. Uh, San Diego's regional burn is Utopia. It's about 3,500 people. We don't actually burn anything because it's wildfire country. Okay. <laughs> Um, so there's fire, but not like, like big burn. Burning a big totem. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, I'm involved with it as far as like when you're in San Diego, you're involved with it because it's your community. Like there's like the core base of people in San Diego who are the decision makers who are involved in different levels of utopia. And I served as the art curation lead one year. Um, but after that year I decided I want to keep all my focus on burner podcast and, um, Burner Podcast is my gift to the community, so you know I feel pretty good about it. But every year, like I get involved, I, I work on an art project. I'm out there building, you know, ahead of time, um, but I'm not involved like on a leadership level at Utopia. To kind of bridge all this back to kind of hip hop and platform mm-hmm. collection stuff a little bit, um, do you think that there's a certain level of play with indie hip hop that there isn't in other music genres outside of uh, mm. outside of the stuff that that you're into, or is it just it's just ha- it's a culture you happen to be into? You mean you mean with hip hop or? It, I mean earlier. I guess I should I should be uh, explain earlier. You were talking about uh, there's no age limit to play, right? Right. And that seemed to be kind of a guiding idea for you, right? Right. right, right. And and so I was kind of thinking, um, you know, if there's symmetry in that, like from the burner stuff to the hip hop stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I feel like in hip hop, we're still figuring that out a little bit more. Okay. Whereas, like, I want to say in burner culture, like, it's already been agreed on, like, it's been that way for a long time. Right. Um, But also, hip hop's a lot younger. Mm hmm. Um, So, yeah. It's a lot younger, and there's different events that have different like age groups. Well, like actually, a, it's probably around the same age as, Bur- as Burning Man. It might be a little older than Burning Man. Right, right, oh, but right. not the not, but not counterculture. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right, right. Because I mean, the people that went to Burning Man didn't, you know, they were always weird. Yeah, they just finally found a place to go. Yeah, I mean, hip hop had to have been a weird counterculture at some point. Absolutely. Yeah, right. yeah. It's. Um, I think hip hop. We're still. I think it's still figuring that part out. Yeah. Um, I think I agree. Because I mean, that's one thing that's still interesting to us. Uh, Chris and I, when we're interviewing younger artists, and yeah. we ask them how they got into the scene, and they're like, "My dad was into hip hop." Yeah. That's still new. That more. That's still yeah. weird to me. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh wow! Like, there's a new generation of people whose parents were into hip hop, and you're, and it's not because they were like young parents. Like, it's yeah. they yeah, that's normal. Um, there's probably a little bit less room for play in hip hop because it is a little bit more industry driven. Okay. And at the end of the day, it is, um, 
there are for-profit ventures that you, I mean, ultimately that's what you're aiming for. You're trying to make it a business. Yeah. Um, so I feel like there's, there's a little, not to say that you can't play, yeah. but it does feel like there's a little bit less. Right. Um, because it, I guess it's like a little, it's less likely that you'll see somebody in their sixties, you know, show up to like, uh, you know, do graph like on the side of the freeway somewhere with uh -huh. like a crew of people, you yeah, know? Yeah. Um, it's not to say that it wouldn't be welcome. It just, right. it's just, a. I feel like it wouldn't be as comfortable. It tends to correlate with youthful energy. Yeah. 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 Whereas, whereas like, you know, you go to a counterculture gathering, there's, mm -hmm. there's going to be 70 year olds and there's going to be 25 year olds. Right. There's no age limit to that. Whereas in hip hop, there is still on some level, there is that looming shadow of the label world and how we can market you and how we can sell you and all that. And in counterculture, it's not like we're selling anything. We're just gathering. Mm. I love your unrelenting optimism about counterculture. And like I said, it kind of saved, it kind of saved me a little bit oh, this last summer. Um, because uh, I had all these issues with Rainbow that I didn't when I was younger. And, and, um, and I think I told you this, that it's like it seems so interesting that Burning Man has so many built-in safeguards to so many of the things that I found objectionable from the cultural appropriation mm -hmm. to the consent stuff, like that there's so much more of an explicit culture right. uh, with Burning Man of like how to do things right and keep it organized. And, right. and, and can I say, by the way, like where you're uh, – there are a lot of people who are disgusted by that, by the way. Go on. Because um, – there's like a lot of super old school burners uh -huh. who think it's not, it is not honoring counterculture to set rules and safeguards. Oh, that's a thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I've, I've seen that. I see that discussion sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Like you can't, like they're arguing, um, you can't say that you are, um, and I mean, I don't know if anarchist might be a strong word, but like you can't say that you're you're all about whatever goes and then set rules and limitations on it, which I mean, I disagree with. Um, but I mean, that's why I'm there. I think there should be some limitations and I think it's silly to assume people can just be left their own devices completely and figure it out. Um, I think like, cause that's like a very kind of libertarian, I guess, thought process. Yeah. Uh, which what I keep discovering with libertarians is that they're just absolutely some of the most intelligent, brilliant people on the planet. Most intelligent people I meet like would be like libertarian leaning. Sure. But I think they're unrealistic or perhaps they're too optimistic about human nature i i fully <laughs> agree what what i always tell uh it to be in a strictly political sense libertarian mm. i tell them like okay that's great but uh the federal government liberated you know black people from the south <laughs> you know like that's why there's a big government like yeah. you can make that argument for me about of the libertarian small government you know mm. when if you left it to people it, it would right, you know been like saying? more of a massacre. like if you can guarantee to me that you know conservative parents aren't going to be whacked to their gay kids right. like until you can guarantee me to that it's like i can't yeah so i i have, I, this, I have the same yeah. thought. i have the same thought i, I wonder i wonder if you know somebody else's argument to that might be that if you go back further and the government wasn't involved to begin with, uh, they would we wouldn't have had slavery and oppression to begin with, right? You know, uh, so just to just to give like safe, um, right? Uh, protect both sides arguments, right? Um, but but yeah, you know, I, I don't know if there's one that's right or wrong. I, I right. know what I agree with, right? Well, to bring it back to to, to Burning Man and counterculture, uh, talking about that, right? And, um, I think it's it's interesting. It's even just interesting and beautiful for me to observe how Burning Man progresses those debates because it doesn't ignore those older perspectives, but it also takes into account new sensitivities to new marginalized groups. And uh, I really, I just, I really admire that you preach that gospel, man. Yeah, you know, you. uh, you're um, honestly in that sense, I find you to be at least from what I hear you. I mean, all I, all I can really assess you from is the content that you put out. You know, I listen to you on podcasts and see stuff you put out. So I can't feign to know you like, like your intimate friends know you, but it seems you're actually, you strike me as one of the most spiritual people that, I, that I've ever known because you're constantly kind of preaching, um, what, and then when I, and I, and, and I, I'm pre I mean, preaching in the best way, just like you're kind of sharing, like I have a light in me, like, you know, right. I have a light in me and like, I want to share with people about, about this light, you know? And, um, and I actually, I'm kind of, I'm constantly amused, uh, about when people, uh, are like that because it's all metaphors of this different kind of stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think it's a kind of a new progressive way to be, uh, to be religious. And I th and it makes, it reminds me that religion was just always a way for people to find goodness and happiness and, right. and sense and comfort out of life, you know? Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, the example, uh, religion is, so, I mean, there's spirituality and there's religion. Sure. Um, 
religion is the bureaucracy that helps yeah. people navigate spirituality. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm, 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 spirituality is something that it's funny. Like growing up, I didn't have it and I was looking for, I've always, always looking for God. Yeah. And I, I couldn't find him. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I couldn't figure out what people were talking about. And I realized as I grew older, it's because I was looking at people who were really stuck at the bottom floor of the bureaucracy of spirituality. Uh-huh. And that's why I had the negative experience with spirituality because I was looking at religious people, which is a lot of people have. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I discovered it more recently in life. And when I say more recently, I guess, I, mean, I don't know, in the past five years. Uh, but once you get closer and closer to whatever that universal truth is, the faster it makes sense and the more exponential the feeling is. And funny enough, I can tell you like um, the episode that kicked off my spiritual journey and I say episode because it started with this show. It was a Halloween episode from a few years ago. And we had a guest on um, named uh, Bonnie Vent, mm-hmm. who was a psychic medium. And we had put that show together specifically just because like Chris thought it would be funny to get like a psychic medium on the show for Halloween. Or it might have been Ricochet or, or who was on the show at that time. Um, we ended up having this show and I ended up having this like weird breakdown in the middle of the episode. Wow. And I run outside and my heart is pounding and I'm like near tears and I, I can't figure out what it is. And when I was outside, they continue talking and they're, and mind you, this is like a normal crappy awesome episode where we're just like making dick jokes and saying like, our ghost is watching you in the shower. Oh, and yeah, I yeah. laughing about that. <laughs> but um, I end up having this like almost what felt like a panic attack. And I step outside and I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with me? Uh, and while I was outside, they ask Bonnie, Chris and Ricochet are asking Bonnie, what do you think happened to Arash? And she said, I think that he accepted a spiritual truth about you know, something like the, about the universe um, that he was not ready to accept until right now. And what led to that, I realized looking back, was we were talking about how things happen for a reason. And we are here exactly where we're supposed to be. And there is destiny. Like it was this kind of thing. And she was describing how you have um, entities, you have your past loved ones and like, they're not like actively involved in your life, but they sometimes nudge you in a certain direction. And um, I, I had this experience and that rest of the night, I felt this like euphoric connection. Uh, and I remember feeling this like deep love for, for Chris and, and Ricochet and, and hip hop Eddie, our manager. And, just really like, wow, we've been on this fucking journey. Like, look at what we're doing. And like, all of a sudden, all these connections and these light bulbs came on. And that was really when it started. And from there, I kept having other connections and other connections and things happening and things happening that I look back on and say, like, what are the chances that this is how what led me here and what led to this? Wow. And then and then DMT. <laughs> wow. I'll, um... But it started on the show. You know, that's one thing I find I find um, charming about all your guys's art um, is that it weaves throughout the narrative of your life. Mm-hmm. You know that like you guys are you're, yeah. you're living right here oh, yeah. for our display. Yeah. You know, and um, you know I think a lot of the best podcasts uh, give that sense that of intimate intimacy that you're part of the club with this uh, cool content creator that you like. Yeah. You know, and um, so that that definitely shows through that like, and that's something cool about platform collection content uh, for me as a listener as a fan is that like I never know what's going to happen. Like mm-hmm. I could be listening and then it's like oh the, the West Coast Avengers walked in. You know, yeah, yeah. like oh the so and so's walked in or oh thesis yeah. walked in. You know, like uh, or I mean, that's a really simple way to put it, or what you just described, you know, a, a personal uh, epiphany. Uh, it's it's our own little Marvel Cinematic Universe. It, it absolutely is, yeah. and uh, it's something that I think is really cool about it. Um, here's a, this is a, a definitely a subject change. Um, do you do you have any ideas for like a full two-hour movie, or even like an hour and a half movie? <laughs> Lots. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Like, what are like two or three like uh, ones that you th- that that Dude, you'd like I to ha- talk about? <laughs> you know? I have a trilogy. Okay, uh, all right, let's hear about the trilogy before, before, uh, we, before we wrap up. I think we may have talked. I want to say we talked about it at some point. Oh, you so. have? Did you, then you could give me a truncated version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I'm not going to get into all the details. So, it was, yeah. um, so my name comes from, um, uh, it's, a, it's a mythical Persian hero um, okay. who's uh, called Arash the Archer. Dope. Um, and the, the, the story of Arash the Archer basically is that there was a war between um, 
like the Persian Empire and like the Ottoman Turks, I want to say. And um, the, uh, there was oh, a border dispute. Oh, I, I think I heard the episode where you talk yeah, about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's this whole epic journey that this hero goes yeah, on, yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah, and that would yeah. be your big... I have the action scenes like choreographed in my head. I have, dude, I have playlists on Spotify. That, that would be soundtracks for yeah. it and stuff like and that. And I still listen to them from so time you, to time. So you totally think in those those terms. What, what about a documentary? What's a document? Uh, what's a what's a full full length documentary you'd like to make? You know, Chris had this idea a couple of years ago, and I, I would love to at some point pull it off. Is doing one um, all designed around the gun, the image of the gun, and how it's evolved in hip hop, and what it's been connected to to social um, to social change that's going on in the world around us, the politics of it, and just all of it designed around the gun. And moving through like how the gun originally went from like you know I'm gonna snack you with my lyrical bullets and it eventually right. became like a real fucking gun right and it became you know at some point kids couldn't tell the difference between when you're rapping about like lyrically a gun or like an actual gun sure and how that's connected to what was going on in in society at the time and I think that would be epic oh my god or like that that almost sounds like it should be a docudrama like there's yeah. like a movie that goes along uh, yeah yeah it could be a movie yeah for sure that goes we along could totally with fucking that. do that um. One of the episodes I really liked, loved of the Burner podcast that I was listening to was the one with Athena. Uh-huh, yeah. And there was something she said that, that really struck me. She said... Um, She's, that was it, a great one. It, it yeah. was. Um, it was one of the ones you recommended to me because yeah. I asked you for a little... Uh, uh, <laughs> I wanted to come up with like a, a yeah. phrase like M&M's, like a little, a little M&M handful. She's of, epic, yeah. Of, uh, it was, you gave me an M&M handful of the, <laughs> the best episodes you know, yeah. uh, to check out. And uh, she said, we're sort of pre-programmed to think the man is against us. But to tell you the truth, I think the man is just too understaffed to serve people well. You know? <laughs> and and uh, I just want to say as a public servant you know, who worked for the state of California, she said that. She said that yeah, and I just want, to, just want to relate to you that like, I endorsed that perspective. And I think I wanted to relay that back to you because I hear you kind of um, – you're asking those questions a lot. It actually um, – it surprises me some of it. It also makes sense to me when you guys tell me that you're not really political because sometimes – it's like you guys are the smartest political uh, analysis uh, analysis analysts I hear, yeah. and then sometimes you have questions like, well, "What do people think about that?" I'm like, "There's there's a lot of polling on that, man. You don't know about that." <laughs> and then, and, uh, and what was it? And that's definitely one thing I heard you asking questions about. I'm like, "Oh no, that's that's true," you know. And um, what was it? I guess I was wondering um, what. You know what? That's why I was asking about like how much of society you think counterculture mm-hmm. is, because it's like, what are um, what are realistic hopes to um, – man, this is a really big thing question. Please. We really got to wrap it up after yeah. this because it is a big question. Like what, what is a realistic hope for like bringing what's good about or essential about, you know, um, about counterculture to the wider world? You know, like because that's kind of what I was getting at with that question because it's like it's kind of – we utopian people have a lot of really brilliant ideas about it, and it's like sometimes I wonder if there's an inherent conflict right. between being an artistic person and being someone who's like constantly working to shape the world into something better. And yeah, it's, yeah. And it's like I used to be a much, much more active activist than I am an artist, you know. And then now I'm reverse. Mm-hmm. And like, but it's funny because when you're an artist, because you're such a symbol, because you're such like in front of people on stages, it's like you get right. more props for it. So it's like there's people who I think are real activists who are telling me like, oh, thank you so much for coming out and performing. I'm like, you guys fixed a park. Like, like, yeah, I, yeah. I came and rap for twenty minutes. Like, why are you? Why are you thanking me? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, uh, how do you think about that kind of thing? You know, like, well, it, it's we are all we are all the best contributors that we can be to humanity by serving our dharma. Like, we all fill our roles in the best way possible. Um, there was a time that running for political office was part of my life plan, right? And. I had a realization that I could contribute more good to the world right. with art than I ever could as a public as a as a office public office holder. Right. Um, because I saw that I think artists plant the seeds of ideas in people's heads right. rather than politicians who react to what the public is demanding. So, um, yeah, you know, like I I I'm not political in that like I'm not active in the Democratic Party anymore. Sure. Uh, but. I do see what we're doing as yeah. what we're doing in our own way to contribute yeah. to the goodness in the world. Yeah. And if what we can do to contribute to the goodness is by facilitating this conversation where yeah. people like me and you are talking and yeah. somebody else is hearing it and it's inspiring them to get out there and do something and to create something, then that's what we need to do. Yeah. And 
you know, that, that sense of, you know, I, I just came to rap for 20 minutes. Like, yeah. We need that. Like, right. there's different. There's, right. there's, there, everybody is filling that part of the machine. Right. You know, even on that Athena episode that you brought up, yeah. Athena was the one who pointed out because in like Burning Man community, we talk a lot of like people, the people who work their asses to build the city, yeah. talk a lot of shit about the Sparkle Ponies. Yeah, Sparkle I hear ponies, this conversation a lot. Right. Yeah, yeah. The Sparkle Ponies are the very like the Paris Hilton. At Rainbow, we call them Drainbows. D- Drainbows. Drain. Drainbows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I like that. So Sparkle. So like a Paris Hilton is like a Sparkle yeah. Pony. Yeah. Like she, she's not gonna lift a finger. To to help build anything, but yeah. she shows up and looks pretty standing on the art car. Yeah. And Athena, I, I, I realize she's right. Athena's like, no, 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 we need that. <laughs> yeah. That's a part of a the art. Yeah. That's a part of the, yeah, exactly. Yeah. She's like, that's a part of the art. A part of the art is we make this pretty thing because we want pretty things to come land on it. Like we want pretty little birds to land on it. You know, that's a part of it. Everybody is contributing. Everybody's doing what they're supposed to be doing. This is all a part of it. Um, it's not about, you know, and the more we at- attempt to not apply a negative or positive association with it and we see it as simply another part of the machine, another piece of the organism, the more fun life gets and the better life gets and the more we get to move forward. I think you provide a great service by maintaining a nice window into alternative lifestyles. Mm. Um, I know that when I was young and started to hang out with Sean and getting into hippie stuff, it was like such a relief to me to know that there was more. Right. To know that like there's more than just what has been set out for you by like mainstream society. Right. That like you actually could just totally drop out and live off the grid if you wanted to. Like you could just travel with these rainbow kids right. to the next gathering, the next regional they're going to go to. Right. You, 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 you said something uh, just a few minutes ago about like like how we can implement that into the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, or, or, or even just like big think like what is a realistic way to think about that? Because I know that that's mm-hmm. something we emotionally get caught on a lot. Well, look, I, I, I can tell you this. Uh, this year, I camped with Burners Without Borders. Burners Without Borders is the community activation and disaster relief wing of Burning Man. So when um, right wow. now, uh, when Hurricane hit um, Houston, it's Houston, right? Uh, Harvey. Harvey. Harvey, yeah, yeah. Where did Harvey hit? It was, oh, yes, Houston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe it was Houston area. Um, so it hit Houston. Uh, it hits Houston, and they were telling us this, like we were on Playa when one of our guys came back and was telling us, the insurance adjusters are usually the first people on the ground in these situations. They're the very first ones because they follow the money. Immediately the money's like, all right, where's the money? Um, we need to figure out who's going to do what payouts. So in disasters, right. the insurance adjusters are the first ones there. They get there, and the first camp that they see that's been set up is Burners Without Borders. That's insane. They're already, they have shade structures up. They're already like barbecuing their lunch. You know, like all of this is happening and the instructors are like, Red Cross isn't here. Yeah. Um, nobody's here yet. Wow. Uh, CDC, nobody is here yet. Burner, the Bur- Burners Without Borders, fucking hippies from Burning Man, they were the yeah. first people on the floor, on the ground. Wow. And because we're used to building, like, we're used to building shit in inhospitable environments. It's not a weird experience. And part of yeah. what that came is because we've made it fun. We've given it a positive association. Yeah. So the idea of like, hey, let's get our crew together and go out and like help build some shit in an inhospitable environment is not so scary anymore. Yeah. It's easier to mobilize and activate. Wow. So that so this year on Playa, they were accepting donations. People were people from camps were coming and dropping off all their stuff uh, that they weren't going to take back. They didn't need to take back to default. Default we call the normal world. Yeah. Um, so they're like, instead of taking it back, we're going to donate all of this to Texas and then to Florida because then that hit. Wow. Um, we, I mean, yeah, they collected tons of stuff and immediately like got it down to Texas, got it down to Florida. People left Burning Man and went straight to Texas, straight to Florida to start building and had their decom party out in the middle of a fucking hurricane. And they're like, hey, we're going we're gonna to have a good time. We're going to come here and we're going to do this shit. We're going to help people. We know how to build and we know how to you know, enjoy it while we're doing it. And that's where you see that this, this, this energy is being put out into the world. Tangibly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's one of the tenets of Burning Man is civic responsibility. Right. Right. I love that. I was looking at those principles and I love how organized and laid out it is. It's like, you know, it reminds, it's to be analogous of the conversation right. you and I had years ago about um, it's okay to label subgenres of hip hop. Right. You know, right. Yeah, the yeah. same thing. Like, it's okay to lay out some guidelines and yeah. hippie things. Like, it doesn't make it totally. Oh, unhappy. God. We need that so bad. Somebody yeah. needs to give us more subgenres in hip hop. Yeah. Or even just name them more because I think they're, they exist. So we just right. need the names more. Right. And, um, I guess I'll wrap it up with, um, and I'm, I'll do this for each of you for sure. 
or mm. what is stuff that you always regret not pushing more on the show? Like you finish the show and the next mm. day you're like, crap, I meant to mention this thing. Uh, you know, like what are two, what are two or three that, uh, if you could think of any, uh, that are like, oh, I usually mean to push this more. Or even like you usually give a sentence to it, but yeah. you wish you could give two or three sentences to it, you know? I am so sorry to be a, give a cop out on this one, but I, I, I used to think that way early on. Six years ago when we started the show, I used to have feelings like, oh, I should have talked about this more. Oh, I should have pushed that more. But I mean, I not learned, even in a like just branding yeah. capitalist way, but just more like you want to share this more and, and you don't. No, that's what I, mean. oh, that's okay. what I mean. Okay, okay, okay for sure. Um, for sure. I used to keep getting this like uh, – you know, regrets of like, oh, we didn't finish talking about this subject. Oh, I really wanted to make this. But now quick. you're zen about it. Yeah, it's just, well, I learned after, I don't know, 30 episodes, like, hey, we're going to do another hundred of these. <laughs> like, let it go, bro. <laughs> so, like, that's the most important thing. Like, you learn to let it go. Yeah. And I can tell you, like, six years later, that has led to uh, one of my philosophies. And one of the things that I tell younger artists is um, – Perfectionism, you need to let go of that so you can get to fucking creating. Mm -hmm. The cure to perfectionism is prolificity. Create a lot of shit. Yeah. And you stop obsessing about the missed opportunities. Yeah. And we're at episode 300 something on this one. Right. I don't I don't even think twice about it anymore when I forget <laughs> the topic. That's mm. pretty great. And um, you told us a lot about well, what you have upcoming with Burner, uh, with the Burner Podcast Network. Uh, do you have anything new coming out with Platform or is that stuff you can't talk about? Platform is going to continue expanding in the direction that it is. Uh, you know, we talk about this like Chris is very much the captain uh, of this ship, and he's busts insane hours working on, on this thing. Um, uh, with Platform Collection, uh, you know, I've definitely seen sort of like where my like where my place is, and like where what we've done is we kind of this is juicy. This is what people don't know. Right, right. We got we got this to sort of where it is. And I can tell you with um with Crappy Awesome like. Eddie, we're a machine. Eddie books the shows. Um, I don't even know who we're interviewing a lot of times until like the day of. Sure. You know, we're just like, we have the address and we're getting there. Um, same thing. Chris is like working on his art. Uh, Eddie's taking care of this stuff. The other shows are going on autopilot. Uh, Chris is really brilliant at seeing what's coming up next. So he's watching those kind of things. Platform Collection is working forward. Um, at this exact moment, most of my involvement is with with Crappy Awesome, and from time to time we have like interactions like, "Hey, we gotta do this thing, we gotta do this thing," and we do it. Right. Um, but uh, but my my focus right now, like my active focus, is on this project that I have not been Can't able disclose. to reveal yet. Yes. Oh. Um, platform collection is a whale oiled machine at this point. Yeah. So I, I don't, you know, I, it's just like, "Hey, we need to do this. Cool, here it is, done." Like right. You know, we're we're pretty clean. We're pretty direct. Um, we've been working with each other long enough. We're like we don't need to keep having meetings about what to do next, what to do next. Okay. Um, so it's it's just plowing forward. Um, and in a burner podcast, I'm sort of in that place. I'm doing what Chris is doing with us here. He's like more like the active leader with platform collection and yeah. With burner podcast, I'm the active leader with that team, and I'm trying to expand that team. So those are all the projects that we're working on. It's like three different levels of focus. Right. And it's great, dude. It's fucking great to be able to just like show up and be the talent over here. Yeah. Because like yeah. the the office work has been taken care of. Yeah. I don't need to do that anymore. So we've talked a little bit about your photography. We talked a little bit about film. Um, you know, even about the film stuff, we talked. You talked about. We talked about more about the content of life that mm. was being represented by the film, but not really so much about film. It, the film itself. Is there? Um, are there any specific thoughts that you have? about uh your process when you film things as far as like movies you know um that is unique about it like why do you need to like like actually you even kind of were saying like, it's important to you the distinction of filmmaker versus photography like mm. well uh why why is that i don't know if it's important for the distinction um it's just i i'm shooting more photography because it's, it's easier <laughs> right right um but but the, the question is sort of like I, i'm sorry with like filmmaking your question is can you clarify for me <laughs> sure well even just what's uh what are you are you doing with filmmaking lately is that part of stuff you can't talk about no no i, I can talk about that uh the last video that i did was with um mickey vale and candy cole known as 50 50 i saw that yeah yeah great. yeah strip was the name of the song and that was it was a great it was really great i would love to do more of these videos yeah uh it, it's just time right now right time yeah is like it a, makes a lot yeah. of sense I, i'm very short on time and with music videos, they take up a big chunk of time. They're, they're also the way that I do them. I guess yeah. they take up a lot of time. Yeah. Um, 
bandwidth is limited i'm looking forward to doing more music videos in this coming year yeah um but like on the hierarchy of things that i'm working on it's like a little bit lower i was really struck by the chicken curry video like i mm. thought it was such an Thank impressive you. little movie yeah, yeah you know i was like they probably had to basically film a movie yeah, yeah. to make that is that right yeah 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 and it didn't get an official release um, what? It's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's just on your website. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. official to me, man. It's a pretty yeah, legit website. Cool. Thank you very much. <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> Thank you. Very cool. Yeah. So that's photography, the film, uh, podcasting, counterculture. Is there is there other stuff that, that we haven't touched that that you want to tell the people about? Yeah, I I, I am a um, community building. I think is you I think are. That's true. Me. Yeah, that's true. And this next project that I'm working on, which I can't wait to tell you it's guys more about, of that. it's, it's going to involve more community building. So cool, man! It's going to be, it's going to, it's going to take all the lessons that I've learned from hip hop, and it's going to take all the lessons I've learned from Burning Man, and all the things that I do, and it's bringing all of them together under the same umbrella. So it should did, be. Did I hear that right? Did you say that it's going to bring together some of the hip hop and the Burning Man and everything, everything. together? Everything. Okay, I, I it's cannot, an umbrella. It's, yeah, I, I can't wait to share it with you guys, but it's not official. I mean, yet. Okay, maybe maybe I'll be lucky. Enough. It's official. It hasn't been released yet. Maybe I'll be lucky enough to get uh, do a sequel interview yeah. in, once it's out because I, I'm sure I'll to pick your brain about it. Absolutely. Um, what was it? You are a, a beloved and positive light in the community, man. And, Thank you. And uh, I'm really honored to, to have been asked to do this with you. Thank you. And uh, and we're and we're really lucky to have you, man. Thank you, uh, thank, thank you. you so much. Thank man. you so much. Really appreciate it. Of appreciate you. Of course, of course. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, brother. You may now flush the toilet. Brought to you by PlatformCollection.com.